BMW presents Hypnopolis. Episode 1 Woken. Arcadia City, 2063. Paradise on Earth. 30 years to the day since they put me on ice, and a week after my parole. It's been some week. No one kills her but me! That was almost impressive, Riser. I'll give you an A. For effort. I've got to say, you've been pretty hard work for an amateur. It's almost a pity to finally kill you. But then again, I'd be lying if I said I'm not going to enjoy it. Ooh, it's a long way down, Hope. A ten-second drop, I'd say. What are you going to think about on the way down? This hadn't been how I had expected to end up. But that's the thing about life. It has a habit of being unpredictable. The world 30 years ago was going to hell. All the denial about climate change had come back to bite us. Resources were limited, and crime and inequality were growing even faster than the population. To a lot of people, that was just the news. Then one day, for me at least, the news came close to home. Far too close. Paul Jobson, senior developer at Empyreus Corporation, has been killed in a suspected terrorist bombing. While no group has yet claimed credit for the attack, London Metropolitan Police suspect that a militant activist cell may be behind this shocking act. We report now live from the scene. The night Paul died was the night my life became... Nightmare. Amid rumors that the cyber terrorists known only as Oberon may be behind yesterday's car bombing that left one Imperious Corporation executive dead and several bystanders injured, police are urging for calm while they pursue other avenues of inquiry. One I couldn't wake up from. Hope Reiser. Yes? Miss Reiser, I'm arresting you on suspicion of conspiracy to murder. You do not have to say anything, but it may harm your defence if you do not mention when questioned something which you later rely on in court. Anything you do say may be given in evidence. When they led me away, the paparazzi had already been tipped off. So much for professional courtesy. But who could blame them? I was too good a story. Interview begins 27.19pm. Officer in charge, Sergeant Maud McNulty. Surname and given names, please. Riser. Hope Johanna. In a shocking turn of events, data records indicate that the murder of Paul Jobson was in fact a contract killing orchestrated by the victim's own fiancé, German-born investigative journalist Hope Riser. 
Paul had been one of the minds behind the next generation of artificial intelligence, designed to run the world better than we had. They called it the system. Ironically, it was thanks to Paul's brainchild that they didn't just lock me up and throw away the key. The system had recently come up with a new way to deal with criminality. Hope Riser, please stand. Having weighed the evidence, and with a network probability of 98.7%, this court finds you guilty of the murder of Paul Philip Jobson. The system recommends a sentence of 30 years correctional stasis. Correctional stasis. Sleep penalty. The big zizz. Whatever they called it. It was the system's alternative to traditional imprisonment. And it meant the world was going to be very different by the time I woke up. They sent me to Helgeland Stasis Penitentiary in Norway. It was the back end of nowhere. I guess that's why they picked it. Storage space for undesirables like me. Metabolic inhibition. Induced hypothermia. It was the same technology they planned to use on astronauts one day. And I guess we convicts were the guinea pigs. Total hibernation in five, four, three, two, one. You don't have much time to think in that final countdown. Maybe it's different if you're guilty. All I knew was that I shouldn't have been there. And that Paul should have still been alive. That last moment is like a cold knife running through your brain. And then... Nothing. For 30 years. Commencing resuscitation process. Stand by for electroconvulsion. You might have heard people using a birth metaphor for coming out of stasis. But it's not like that at all. It's more like... Like, death played backwards. Riser, Riser, are you alive in there? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no thanks to you. There were a lot of tests after they took me out of the freezer. Some physical, some to make sure I still had all my marbles. To look at me, you wouldn't have thought I'd aged three days let alone three decades. But I could tell they were worried. It may sound silly, but I like to think they cared. Love. Death. Death. Taxes. Sleep. Dream. Glass. Window. Door. Walk. Freedom. A bird? Hope. That's my name. Don't wear it out. Okay. (laughs) Very funny. I'd say your brain functions are normal, though. Uh, You may proceed to clearance. 
Apparently, in the years since my imprisonment, I'd become a pretty hot topic. In fact, it turns out they defrosted me a week early just to get me out of the building before the press could arrive. Prisoner 07031916, Stasis Block B, Riser, Hope J. Yes, ma'am. One black leather jacket, one blue zip shirt, one pair of blue jeans, one pair of suede ankle boots, one wristwatch, black leather strap, and one white gold solitaire engagement ring. Thanks. Place your hand on the screen. What do I do now? You go home. Home. That was a good one. I had no family or friends left in Germany, and the London my airship touched down in was a foreign city to me. More than that. It was a whole other planet. There was a car or a pod or whatever waiting to take me to my new home. As well as the discharge grant that given me a subsidized apartment and a basic income. Everybody had those now, which was nice. The only condition of my release was that I put the past behind me and look ahead. How could I? London was Paul's city, not mine. As the streets went by, I kept expecting to see his face. Greetings, Hope. Welcome. I am your new home. Uh, hi there. It was all going to take some getting used to. Catching up on 30 years of current events wasn't easy, when all anyone wanted to talk about was me. But I was giving it my best shot. And now an in-depth profile of Hope Riser, the journalist recently released from correctional stasis following her conviction for the 2032 murder of her fiancé, Paul Investigating a criminal hacktivist known only as Oberon. While the identity and even the existence of Oberon remains a subject of great controversy, rumors persist they were the founder of cyber-terrorist network the Rapid Eye Movement. While it was suggested that Riser had obtained documents pointing to the identity of Oberon, which her defense claimed was the motive behind the car bomb. Question the very existence of these case files, which Riser herself denied ever existed. Off! It was tough accepting that the world would always see me as a murderer. And it was tougher knowing that whoever killed Paul had gotten away with it. The fact was, I was now a free woman in the future he'd help create. And it was everything he said it would be. Oh, Paul, that car bomb had been meant for me. He'd warned me to stop looking for Oberon and I'd ignored him. And then I'd gotten too close. That was the thought I just couldn't shake now. 30 years ago or not, whoever killed Paul could still be out there somewhere. I attended mandatory rehabilitation meetings twice a week with a bunch of other ex-cons. That was meant to help. Hope? Hmm? 
Hope. Uh, yeah? It's your turn to share with the group. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. How are you finding things since coming out of stasis? Uh, well, I've been having trouble sleeping, which is ironic, I guess. Uh, and the world seems really different now. I love what you've done with the place, by the way. It's a real improvement. It's just, uh, I really don't see the point in anything. That's it. The system had cut down crime figures so far that I must have been the only woman left in the world who felt scared to walk down the street alone. Maybe I was as paranoid as my counselor suspected, but I was starting to feel like someone other than the cops or my home AI had me under surveillance. You're worrying needlessly. Am I? Look, if you like, we could give you some additional protection. Send over an officer. Uh, no, no, no thanks. Or a drone, at least. Forget it. I'd feel like I'm in prison. Thanks anyways. Giving a name to the fear at three in the morning didn't help control it. What if Oberon still wanted to silence me for what they thought I knew? Or what if I couldn't let go of the obsession that had destroyed my life? God damn it. Hi, Hope. This is outside your recommended calorie consumption period. Are you really sure you want to be eating now? Perhaps what you really need is a glass of water or to talk about your feelings. Listen very carefully. I'm going to eat these cheese sticks and these rice crackers and drink this pack of beer. And I'm not going to stop until there's nothing left. Understand? Interfering piece of junk. 25 million people in the city and I'm stuck inside with you. Home, turn off the light. Certainly, Hope. I can see you down there, buddy. All right, come on out. The police are on their way, you know? I'm not scared of you. Hope, you're losing it. Maybe there had been nothing in the dark but my demons after all. Then again... Maybe not. In the end, I just wasn't willing to take the chance. Home? Yes, Hope? Book me a pod. If Oberon really was still out there somewhere, and if I was going to find them, then I'd need to get my hands on my old case files. The ones that didn't exist. Oberon had 30 years on me. 30 years to wait and prepare. But I think we both knew the same thing. 
It simply wasn't in me to let the past stay dead. Ten paces north from the old oak tree, then three right. Whatever other trouble I was digging up, I couldn't rest until I knew the truth. 